Welcome back to Enter the Double Dragon Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Greenwood, owner and operator of Double Dragon Jim Sutherland, riding solo today, <laughs> and also doing it outdoors on my phone. Woo! Going, going back a notch, going low-tech in this, in this bitch. Um, yeah, it's like uh, this weekend, like, uh, we're a little bit too busy all over the shop with uh, uh, Hugh O'Donnell. He's going to be in Goulburn. Um Cornering Luke, which we'll go over a little bit later in our amateur boxing match. Just got down there, having probably having a lovely two-hour drive. Okay, um, and also uh, Trent's uh, going to be doing a little bit of coaching himself at a, at a jiu-jitsu comp tomorrow. So like, it, it's just the times just don't line up for any of us. Yeah, but that doesn't mean we can't put a little bit of content out and you know, just letting you know that we're still alive. Okay, but saying so, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on uh, whatever platform you listen to. Okay, and uh, help us out and get us a little bit more, you know, a little bit more ears on the podcast. Pretty happy how it's going so far. They love doing it. It's awesome. But yeah, spread the love, please. <coughs> um, so where am I at the moment? Just probably hearing a little bit of background noise. Um, recording off the phone's not too bad. Did a little couple of tests off it, so it sounds pretty good actually. <laughs> not too. It's probably even better than some of our other our earlier podcasts in terms of sound quality. But um, <clears throat> let me describe where I'm. I'm sitting on a bench in Sutherland Park or Sutherland Oval. In there. Um, time is seven o'clock in the morning. Okay. Um, I'm out here not by uh, choice actually. Uh, I left my keys at home, and my wife's still asleep. <laughs> so I just go, oh, well, might as well go down the park, do a couple of podcasts till she wakes up and then uh, hopefully get her to throw the keys down to me from the balcony. <laughs> uh, but it's actually nothing bad. I don't mind it. it is, it's kind of peaceful. I have a quick sip of my coffee here. Yeah, good. Uh, but um, let's just cover a little bit what's been happening in the gym last couple of weeks from there. I might have a, another po- uh, part of this podcast I might add on later on, but we'll see how we go. That. Um, so, last weekend, uh, we'll just go straight into our Muay Thai action. We were at Siam to Sydney, great promotion run by MTA Australia. From there, um, <clears throat> we had uh, Laura Cage and uh, Hugh O'Donnell on that card. Uh, so, Laura was making her like amateur debut in Australia on the big scene. And she had a pretty good performance from there. It was very back and forth like uh, in terms of the damage thrown. Like, there were some big right hands on both sides. Probably a little bit too many right hands on for for me for her to to cop on the face, <laughs> but um, but then like you know we just we had to shift gears a little bit because it was just too even in terms of the punching from that. So we started like you know playing to the MTA scores, like you know getting the kicks going from there. Like damage in MTA still scores the most, but also then a t- nice tight technique is after that. So when the damage is even. Um, we got to bring a little bit more to the table for the judges to score it our way. So we started playing a little bit more, you know, kicks, kicks, kicking game uh, after the punches, and also you know just kicking underneath the arms from there. And I think that just cinched the win for us. Even though it was a very competitive fight, it was very close from there. Um, but it should be good. She versed a girl from CKO, those CKO, and I think they want to do it again. And I think later in the life should be a good one, but. For personal development for for our fighters, I don't like going like immediate rematches if we can avoid it. You know, it's like you know, have a couple of fight, have another fighter, so between different people, give it time and space to grow their style a bit more. So even when we have a second fight, we're like we we can even have an even better fight. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> so 
Uh, also on that card, we so we had Hugh O'Donnell. He versus Dan Marshall from Phoenix Gym, which is a, a very a friends down at ACT. We train with pretty closely. Obviously, we haven't trained there since last year because we had Hugh and Dan fight at nationals in Queensland at the start of the year, so it might be a little bit awkward from training together. Um, Dan won that by split decision. From there, it was, that was a, that was another awesome fight. It was really close. It's probably more so what the judges are looking for in the day, but like I'm not mad at the decision whatsoever. From there, so it's a split decision to Dan. Yeah, so we kind of had a, a little bit of a think about it and just where the play from there. And also, like, getting Hugh in the right state of, like, you know, starts a little bit slow sometimes. And he's the dude's ultra fit, you know. It's like, just had to get him believing in his fitness a little bit more from there. So this time around, when we came out, we just straight off the bat, just, you know, just did it. Did the job. And there, uh, got to work straight away on, on Dan's lead leg. Wasn't checking too much, so like um, it's a five-round fight, and as you as you know with low kicks, low kicks is a type of game that it is it's, it's over the long time. You know the first couple ones, you know you wear a few, but when they keep hammering, 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 they really tally up if the fight goes the, the whole distance from there, and that's what we found that happened. Uh, Hugh Hugh was like defending his um, MTA state title from that, so like you know that's why it was a five-round fight. From there and it just it's just a good game plan. Just use his fitness, use the low kicks from there. Um, fading off his from his using his tape and fading off his tape, and that was like it just really worked well. It ended up being a really crack of a fight. Both boys like putting the putting everything on the line, and in the end, Hugh pulled off the win. And I think it was, it was like one of his probably one of his best wins. I kind of say that after every fight of his from there, but he seems to improve pretty good after each fight. And like you know and. Really, after like he's only lost twice out of like maybe 15, 16 fights. Like, but each time that he's lost, he's always come back with like a, a fire in him that <clears throat> he changes stuff. You know, he's 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 aware enough that the mistakes he makes from before, and it's usually most of the time um, probably not in the gym. It's like outside the gym. How much stuff you do outside of it, and, you know, and, and also the the recovery part as well, which is fighters don't grasp. Sometimes you gotta uh, you gotta recover as hard as you as you put it in. Okay, you just can't keep redlining your body the entire time and and have to get away from it. It's, in the end, it's gonna come back and bite you, especially with these young fellas. You know, they're they're pretty indestructible to a point. <laughs> they, they like to test that out sometimes, but with you, with they're getting there, they're getting a lot smarter. God damn, there's lots of flies out here. <laughs> get off me! <laughs> All right, so. So um, also like that, Cyber City put a great card on all the times. Really solid matchups, and the pro cards usually pretty good as well. Um, you know, there's probably a little bit of controversy on the on the last fight from there. And really like when I watched, I thought J won from there. But listening in the mezzanine, you know, it's, it's, it was a good fight. You know, it's like very kind of tight style. But uh, yeah, Jay's coming up pretty aggressive um, with the punching, the low kick kind of game that Moy Matt. And then we had uh, he was versing uh, Pa Long Chok. The gunman, uh, one of uh, PTJ's newer Thai, uh, Thai fighters from Thailand, um, uh, and Palachok, you know, took it like typical Thai, like took it pretty easy, like uh, in the early goings, and then started ramp up a little bit more, like scoring more with the knees and the kicks from there. And like I said, uh, it looked like to me J1, it's like, um, and but then rewatching the fight with the camera angle was like not close to the ring. I was looking at it, oh, okay, it was, it was a lot closer than I thought it was from there on, on closer inspection. And probably, you know, I, I'm not 
they could have gone a fight either way, depending how you look at it. And I'm not going to say I'm an expert in scoring, judging fights. And even though I lost a lot of fights, I don't think it's 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 hard. Sometimes you, the more you know, the the less less you want to give like defined answers or like definitive answers from there, because like you know it's, it's subjective um, to what the judges are seeing, what's scoring from that, and you know what they deem as like damaging shots or to non-damaging shots. That I still probably going to give it just a J, maybe, but I could see it for like you know. Uh, Palong Chok as well, um, but like like I said, like overall it was it was, it was just a great day. Uh, Simon City's like solid card is always always happy to jump on there, yeah. <clears throat> and I'm uh, looking forward to more of that more of that in the future. Okay, so going on to a little boxing from there. So a couple of weeks ago uh, we had Luke Thompson uh, in a boxing match, uh, amateur boxing from there. Um, he's going to get a few amateur boxing ones out through because he's actually going to turn pro in Muay Thai. Um, we just got, there's a 21 day cooling off period. And, uh, so, but in that cooling off period, he's allowed the amateur box. But even when he's a pro, he's allowed the amateur box as well. Which is like, it's pretty good enough. It allows him to get a few fights in. And then, like, they wear the big, bigger gloves and the headgear, so he's not going to take too much damage in that fact from there. But, same thing, he'll probably go pro boxing as well at some point. You know, he can do, he can do both pretty well, so we're happy to do that down, down the line, but we'll do one thing at a time. So we'll just look at pro Muay Thai in K1 for now, and like, you know, a few amateur boxing here and there when it's a bit quiet. But like, uh, but Luca took a short notice fight, like, he was actually, uh, lined up in this card on a Fennec fight night from there. Um, he usually fights about, about the 91 kilos to about a little bit heavier, maybe 93, that one, because he doesn't look much heavier than that. Um, but there wasn't too many people in his division, so we end up taking a guy that weighed 110 kilos from there. <laughs> yeah, a big, a big tank of a man. From that. Um, but uh, Luke always up for a chance. He never says no to a fight from there, uh, and we're pretty confident in his skills. So we just go, all right, we'll just do it, and we'll just try to try some different stuff from you know Muay Thai being very forward uh, and like you no know, footwork, you know, very minimal in that one, uh, opposed to using it like. Using more of a, a little bit more of a slicker boxing game, we wanted to try that kind of stuff, like you know, a little bit more like turning off his L angles, like you know, getting used to like you know, um, using long range and backing off the shots and walking people in like that. And it's like it's, it was a perfect opponent to do so. The guy was just very just straight up; he just walked straight into your face and just um, try and rattle off the combinations from there. And, he, and like he's just a big dude that you can't shove back. So. That's what we're finding a lot of times from there. Every time we got to the ropes, we just go time like you to, to really just just turn off the ropes and and hit on the way out as well. So you know, kind of checking your way out with a hook or like you know, going up to the outside and hitting with the backhand. And Luke was just doing that well. He was really picking up his overhand right hand uh, overhand right angles well, and um, and following up with combinations. Probably just what we found like when we got to that inside work, close work from there. Still kind of the transition meaning from from clinching was. Um, was kind of like not reprogrammed yet, so like you know he was holding a little bit in the in the inside position because he's just used to clinching in Muay Thai. Um, towards the end of the round though, like just tugging in between, it's like you got to work out of it. And that one, which I really like about uh, league boxing, they like you know they like you hold and they, they berate you for it from that. Um, they just make you oh, big truck. <laughs> Hopefully that's not too loud on your end, guys. But like, um, but yeah, leg boxing in that inside position. If you're holding a little bit, they still tell you to fight out of it, okay? Which is which I really like, you know. It's like it keeps the action flowing from 
both sides pretty consistently. So Luke was getting that towards the end of the fight. That like you know just start like just go say you got to get your hand on the inside of his hands, bang the body a bit, then come to the top and he threw a couple of those like real turning into the the, the left hooks off the body shot. From there, um, very nicely towards the end. So that was a good fight for that. And this today, today being Saturday, from that one, he's also he's got another boxing fight at Goulburn. And so hopefully we can get him just to kind of get in that more of that mode. That's the only thing we're told him this this time around. Is like still do his usual boxing game. He's a really good outside boxer. And then when he's on the inside, just get prepared to work. So just like you know, just get your hands on the inside as you can, and then just just flurry a bit, and then move off. They need to kind of stick there, really. So uh, I won't be able to corner him in Goulburn today. I'm going to actually corner Karina Cardenas Salazar at Kemp's Creek from there. Um, but, like, you know, we've got Hugh and our, our man, main man Steve Steve Danger Austin on the case. <laughs> so it should be no problem that they have some, those boys will be fine. It's like it's only amateur boxing as well, so... It should be just a good experience. So going on tonight, um, going out to Kemp's Creek with Karina. We're gonna. Um, it was originally slated to be a proper boxing, amateur boxing match, but in the end, it turned into an exhibition. If you don't know what an exhibition match is in boxing, it's it's just really kind of glorified sparring, which isn't bad. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to put it down from there. But like Karina's had enough fights now in Muay Thai and then only one boxing fight. That's really like yeah, you know, exhibition. Yeah, you know. But, like, you know, we'll just get out there anyway and just get used to throwing our hands a little bit from that. But, um, yeah, so, like, the exhibition uh, boxing, no matter what happens from there, it's still, like, three two-minute rounds. It's, it's going to end up as a result as a draw, no matter what happens. And it's usually, you know, they try to, the ref tries to keep them from banging way too hard off of that, which is, like, it's pretty good in terms of boxing to – it's. I kind of akin it to what we have in Muay Thai with our development days, you know, the in-house big pads and that. So out there, it's like just before the main, uh, before the fights happen, they usually get the exhibition matches going from that. And it's just good to kind of, you know, get in there with someone else in front of a big crowd and, you know, just get a few of those exhibitions out before you do like your, your amateur matches. Um, I'm all for that. I think that's a smart way of doing it. It makes better fighters and probably weeds out a few people as well, kind of feeling like, you know, oh, maybe this isn't for me. But I got there, had a crack, set a goal, and you know, got it, got it done, which is I think is really good. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of like you know corporate boxings from there for guys that you know they do it as a fitness challenge, have 12 weeks in their fight. Not a big fan of that. Um, but like I think exhibition matches are, are good though. It takes it's just a little bit less pressure off of that. Okay, so that's what having the boxing this weekend. Um, what we have coming up next in, what's I think? Let me check my dates here. Open my calendar on my computer. Tell you what, Jesus Christ, I am getting bit the hell out here. <laughs> these, I don't know, these kind of gra- grass flies or something like that. That's okay. So right. Do a few guys. I'll take a little bit of pain. Um, let's see. Okay, April 6th. Yeah. So April 6th, we've got a uh, war in the North Shore run by Nick Stone. Good show as always, you know, good guy to work with from there. Um, so on that car we got uh, we got actually Jack Moses making his amateur debut. He's, he's had a few development fights. He's a he's a, he's, he's been with us since like the teens program. From there he's only seventeen, but the dude's like you know he's, he's built like a <laughs> he's built like a telegraph pole. He's tall and his kicks are really solid. 
no one. So I'm really for, uh, looking forward to see him without the big with the bit without the big pads on and the small gloves from there having a crack. Um, we also have, uh, yep, Dion Beatty again back in action. There, um, good to, good to see that he's, he's able to get a few fights. He, he, that's kind of like his weight range. I think anywhere from like about 77 to 80 from there, even that down to 75, which he won't make. But it's, it's just the cl- weight classes that seem to be pretty dead in New South Wales at the moment. So, uh, <clears throat> but hopefully, like you know, we can get more people going into it. Like I think these development days are really helping that along as well, and there seems to be a lot more people in those weight ranges. You know, having a crack, so it's, it's, I think it's that kind of grassroots building from development days is going to make these divisions bolster a bit more and like have better fighters in general, really. Um, so on that card, we also have Karina again. Karina Cardenas Salazar might have to figure out some sort of nickname for her, <laughs> so I don't have to say her full name all the time. It's a tongue twister. Uh, She's she's actually gonna be like um, one North Shore do like these um they're famous for the the four man or in this case four woman tournament so they have four fighters I think for, for now it might change before we get there but it's like it's Karina gonna have Paris from uh, Phoenix Gym again so it looks like we're gonna be up at Phoenix Gym a couple times in the future which is fine it's what happens when you get two of the best gyms on the East Coast they're gonna fight each other eventually <laughs> and probably a few times. Um, got Talisha from UTC, and we got Lara from Bulldog Jim Manly. So that's a pretty good tournament from there. Um, Karina's fought Talisha before and beat her, and I think, yeah, Talisha's, uh, also, Talisha's fought Lara and beat her, that one, um, and I don't think Paris has fought any of the girls yet. We've, we've been trying to, we've, we've been in a few kind of tournaments before with Paris in the bracket and Karina in the bracket, but they've never actually met before. In, in a fight, so we'll see how it goes this time around. They're gonna um, draw the car, uh, draw have the draws on the night, so uh, supposedly. So like they usually just kind of get numbers in the hat, and they just draw randomly who's gonna fight who in the night from there. Um, but it should be good. Karina's is pretty experienced now in tournaments, even though she's not that confident in it because she hasn't won a tournament yet. But she's always gone through the first round a lot of times from there. And I find with tournaments fighting a lot, it's like everyone's gonna be tired. Like the second fight, you know, and it's just more, it becomes more of a mental thing. Just go, oh, I'm tired, things like that. I'm going to feel good. It's like, no, no one feels good, especially when they have to fight the whole three rounds. No one feels good in those tournaments. It becomes more of a mental battle, like who wants it more? Who's going to dig dig down, actually, you know, going to fight? Yeah, who wants wants it? And that's where you've got to get used to that kind of tournament style. It's like, it's, it's brutal. It's like you got to watch out for like you know, people get injured and drop out, you know, because like you know, um, and there's there's no shin pads in this one. It's just like you know, just small gloves and headgear and um, maybe elbow pads. I think I think the first round might be more time. The second and the second bracket might be full time. I have to check on that. But like, yeah, injuries can occur from that. Uh, is the only problem with those tournaments. Right? But like a lot of times, well, like I said, if you get through it all, it becomes more so a mental battle of who actually wants that belt more. There, but this should be a good night out. Really looking forward to that. Um, and then, really, we're gonna break for a while. Nothing lined up until May, which is, I think, it's important for fighters. How do you get a good block of fights out? Like, usually, trying to get them fighting every four to six weeks for like about three to four fights, and then usually take about a month or so off, and then get back in the training camp again and go again. So, like, usually, if I can, or 
what me and Rowan try and organise is you sh- I find it can get out up to like six to eight flights a year in the amateur rank so far. When we get more pros from that, we'll see how that goes from there. But like, um, yeah, most of our guys, there's no kind of off-season. They're like, you know, there's, we ramp up our training. We periodise all our training, so we ramp it up. And then there'll be times where we just kind of take a down notch. But they never are not in the gym. Okay, it's like, you know, and that's the thing. If you, if you want to be serious in this from that, like, you got to just be in the gym training all the time. But in saying that as well, you got to periodise your training. It can't be hard all the time. Like, even during the week, every session thing can't be hard each week because it's going to fall apart. Or you're just going to have, like, you know, you just know some fights go, wow, you looked awesome in the team. The next fight, you just go, shit, he looked terrible. He like, he couldn't just, he's dead on his feet from round one. And that's what you find a lot of times from there, like in martial arts, um, they think harder, more often is better. Really, it's not the case. You know, it's just, it's time. But also, you know, varying your intensities, you know. You've got to pick a couple sessions a week, like usually just like, you know, our tire pads and our sparring sessions are the our heavy sessions, the more intense. Not that we go after, like, try and kill each other in sparring, but we try and get a lot of rounds at it at a higher higher tempo than, like, you know, than technique sparring. And then we've got our tire pads, of course, always hit those hard in that one. Um, but then later during the week, so we have more, like, drilling technique sessions, um, conditioning sessions as well for us. They only go half an hour, and they're not overly killing because really, like, my conditioning sessions try and do is, like, we try to build a little bit more, like, you know, uh, depending on the cycle, but, but we try and build, like, you know, might be trying for a phase, trying to build power, another phase trying, you know, power endurance and um, or, like, you know, lactic capacity from there. Um, but overall, they... Then no one should be dead after my conditioning session from there. Because really, that's, that's, you're going to accrue what I like to call like a training hangover. The more hard sessions you have from that one in a row without very good recovery from that, then it's going to have just shit performance. Your fatigue's going to mask your fitness a lot of the times. So I think, I think that's what we do pretty good. Like, none of our fighters ever gas out in a fight, but I never have to push people to the point where they're fucking vomiting, or they're just, you know, they're dead on the ground, there, very rarely that ever happens in the gym, that one, especially with our more conditioned athletes, of course when you first start and things like that, yeah, that's going to happen no matter what, because you just don't have a very high work capacity, but we kind of build it smart over time from there. Uh, and also, like, with, like in, in conjunction with their weights pro, uh, with their conditioning program, which only goes half an hour, they usually do half an hour weights. Same thing. I periodise that as well. So there'll be times where we do higher, higher rep ranges, and then coming more towards the fight, we do lower rep ranges, focusing on like more so like yeah, explosive power. Off of that, so I find that works pretty good for now. But I also find the program that I do this year from probably completely change next year because we're just, we're just trying to keep learning all the time. There's, there seems to be a lot more combat sports uh, specific uh, strength coaches now and following him, like one person following at the moment is uh, uh, Philip Daruel or Daru Strong. He's got some awesome content. He's the strength conditioning coach for American top team. And there, I really like him. Um, I follow Joel Jamison a lot. He, he's really good. I think like they, they're very good to kind of like, you know, you take both of their kind of theories and kind of intersect them if you need to from there. Um, 
those are the main ones. And there's a lot more that's kind of popping up that I'm following at the moment from there. But they're usually the main two I follow and kind of use the basis of, you know, done their courses. Or well, done uh, Joel Jameson's online course from there. Uh, Drew, I'm really interested to do if you've got an online course or, like, you know, forget my ass and give, stop eating pizzas. I can <laughs> save a bit of money and, and travel over to America and do, like, a seminar. Run it off on business. <laughs> but, like, yeah, so that's what we try and do with our fighters a lot. Give you a bit of an insight, more about sharing the knowledge. And then, yeah, they get better from fighting better people. Um, so, in terms of the, uh, the fight world, there's, like, not, not heaps going on, especially the UFC from there. Like, yeah, there's a bit of cards going on. We had a bit of break for a while from it. From there, but it's, like, you know, not much going on off of it. It's just a bit of dread cards. The, the card tomorrow is the Doom versus Alexander Volkov, which I think is, that's a really good fight. I like that. It's like to see like how the Doom's handling up, like if age if, if age is affecting him too much, off of that. But um, I think that should be a really good fight, probably a good stand-up battle. The Doom going for takedowns. Not using his MO, like especially in the not in the last couple of fights he hasn't. Like you know, he, he does. He doesn't go too bad though, but I think maybe age might be getting to the side of like like be buying into his wrestling a little bit, making his wrestling harder to do from there. But I reckon that should be a really good fight from there. I'm probably leaning towards the Doom to win that one. Um, so also we got there uh, Jimmy Manuel versus John Buckowitz. That I haven't seen much of John Buckowitz. I've seen a bit before. I've, I've watched one or two fights of his before, but it's, it's really is boring. <laughs> <laughs> he's technically really good, like in terms of keep uh, kickboxing. That um, not very athletic, so like you know, it's just it just kind of points away, kind of plugs away, gets decisions, things like that. Um, versus like you know the complete opposite, like the powerhouse Jimmy Manuel. Jeez, his technique's getting better, but it's not that great. It relies a lot on athleticism and explosiveness. Um, so I'm gonna probably pick Jimmy Manuel in that one. Just, but I can see it also turning maybe into a shitty kickboxing match of three rounds and Jan Buckler winning and getting Manu on Dassin. But I'm going to pick Manu on the room. Also, probably like a couple good fights to watch. Probably Tom Dukenwa versus Terry Ware. That should be a good fight from there. Uh, last two fights for, like, well, Terry Ware's only had two fights in the UFC so far, and they're both losses, but it's against Sean O'Malley and Cody Stamen, who just recently bridged Brian Carraway from there, so. They're pretty legit dudes from there. So, Terry Ware's still pretty good. Um, Tom Dukenwar, I think maybe lost his last one. Yeah, I think so. But um, well, I should be interested to see him come back and because he was looking on fire in his first couple of UFC fights, looking pretty good. And so hopefully, like you know, taking the loss a little bit will make him give him a little bit of a kick in the ass to kind of. Try um, you know, get him back on his game and learn some new stuff, which is like important for fighters. Like that. So, um, let's see what, how much longer, how long I've been doing this for. Here's my time. Almost half an hour. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's probably a good place to leave it off for now. Like I said, I might try and add on something else from there tonight, maybe, or maybe Hugh might be, might do the, the phone thing in the car as well, he said, he was threatening, maybe he was going to do like the, a podcast in the, in Goldberg in the car, and I hope he does, I think it should be fun, you get Steve Austin on the podcast, from there. Um, but um, yeah, we'll just see how we go after that, so, is there anything else I wanted to do? Mm, no, I can't really think of anything, alright, so, thanks for listening, um, 
So if it's the second part of the podcast, if not, we'll catch you next time, which should be very interesting. Actually, next time from there, we're going, we've been building up to doing this. It's, it'll probably be a long podcast. We're going to cover the, the trilogy fight between Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard. Yeah, yeah, awesome fights. Awesome trilogy of fights, that one. So, like, yeah, uh, keep your ears out open for that probably next week or in the coming weeks. Okay? Thanks for listening. All right. Bye.